Hello, and welcome to episode three of the Healing Podcast. My name is Garrett, and I'm excited today to talk about what is shamanism and what is energy medicine. So listen along, and hopefully you will connect with this work. So... This is going to be a little bit of just stream of consciousness mixed in with some words that I have taken from different literary sources that, and I'll make sure to leave the book titles and authors in the episode description. But shamanism is actually kind of hard to define. There are lots of anthropological and sociological explanations and definitions of shamanism that are very much viewed usually through a European centric lens and shamanism usually carries with it an image in people's minds that they either see in documentaries or in movies and it's not necessarily an accurate depiction Um, and a lot of depictions of shamanism are from a long time ago when European uh, anthropologists went out into the world to study these other cultures and so what they wrote about is you know as I said is kind of skewed because they're viewing it from their own culture but shamanism at the core is really a practice and it's not a religion. There are no sets of rules or dogmatic teachings. It's very much a life or a calling and it's about being connected to this world and the other world, whether that be the world of spirit, of energy. Uh, Michael Harner, who uh, developed what is called neo-shamanism in the 80s, which is where he kind of distilled a lot of shamanic teachings that he had learned from different planes and natives group and he kind of distilled them into this shamanic practice that he then taught um, which you know in and of itself is kind of problematic because you are taking these indigenous practices out of context and then packaging them into work that um, doesn't really honor those those practices But he talks about shamanism or a shaman as being a person who enters an altered state of consciousness at will to contact and utilize a hidden reality in order to acquire knowledge, power, and to help other persons. Uh, So what does that mean? So in shamanism, there is the view that we have our world, our you know normal everyday lived reality uh, things are very physical we have our relationships we have our physical health our mental health we have our connection to the trees and the plants and the animals this is very much our lived reality then then there are other worlds uh, in a in a lot of shamanic traditions including the one that I was trained in from the Caro there is a lower world. Um, And this is a world that is like our collective consciousness. This is, uh, and it's always pictured as being deep in the earth. And it's no wonder, you know, 
missionaries, Catholic missionaries came to these cultures and learned about these concepts of a lower world and them being like, oh, these people work with the devil. These people work with hell. And it's not like that. The lower world is seen as a place where our wounds reside, whether they be our individual wounds or collective wounds that we share either with family or our culture, our people. This is where shamans travel through journeying, and I'll talk about that in a bit, um, to acquire knowledge about how to work with their clients. Um, and it's not a scary place. It's scary in the sense that sometimes we don't want to face our wounds. So that's, you know, one way it would be scary. And then the other world that shamans usually work with is an upper world, a world of our super consciousness. This is the collective super consciousness of our being. You know, it's where we're going, who we're becoming, what kind of world we're dreaming into being. This is the world of spirits and of this, you know, higher knowledge from our higher selves, our guides, things like that. And so shamans have a lot of different ways of traveling to these worlds and it's really culturally specific and what, and what kind of was born within that culture or that part of the world. So to give you some examples, in the Plains native traditions, um, and I don't speak for them, but my, from my research, they used a lot of drumming to help them travel to these worlds. So repetitive sounds like drumming or rattling put the brain into a super relaxed, almost trance-like state where our consciousness um, and our en energetic body is able to travel to either, you know, the lower world, the up upper world. Uh, another example of how sh shamans across the world get there is, um, as some of you are probably very familiar with, in the Amazon, a lot of the healers down there will use a vine called ayahuasca. It's actually a, a collection of a vine and a plant. And when they're brewed together, it creates ayahuasca, which is when, when it's drunk, it releases a, a bunch of DMT in the brain. And then they're able to heal and travel to the spirit world uh, through this. Think of like all these tools as like a canoe. And by using that tool, you get into the canoe and then you're able to travel down this river to, all the, to other realities. In the tradition that I was trained in, um, they don't actually use anything, just intention, which I think is really beautiful. Um, you don't need to use a rattle. You don't need to use herbs or plant medicines or anything like that. Um, we travel to these worlds just by shifting our intention and our perspective. And so for me, when I'm working with a client, I don't necessarily travel to these realms. I can stay where I am in my consciousness here in the now, but by shifting my perception and my, and my intention, I'm able to access infor energetic information, either stored in my client's energy field or somewhere in their body too, um, and to access that and then use that to heal. Shamans heal in many different ways too, just like journeying. Uh, they may use stones like, like I do, stones, um, plant medicines, 
animal medicines, uh, animal allies, uh, crystals. Even there are sh shamans that I've read about from the Caro that all they need to do is just be in the same room as you and they are so fine-tuned to the energetic world that they're able to shift imbalances within you just by being present, which I think is super powerful. So you can think of shamanism as this umbrella, this way of living and walking in, in the world connected to the earth and the, the you know very present energies while also having another foot in an alternate reality where we're able to perceive the world in a much different way. So think of that like an umbrella and underneath it are all the different tools and practices, ceremonies, rituals that make up this, this practice. And it all really depends on who you're learning from, where you are in the world, what you have access to. It's all the same. It's just different expressions. And so the shaman works with people because usually their clients are out of balance. They come to the shaman because they're experiencing, you know, sickness, disease, uh, bad luck, accidents, things like that, whatever it may be. And the shaman realizes that at the real, real, real root of all of these experiences is an imbalance. Either we're not truly connected to source or the earth. And the shaman helps their clients come back into balance and come back into right relationship with the natural world and with the world of energy. And when we're in this space, the issues in our life begin to resolve themselves or we realize they weren't issues at all. They were actually stepping stones on this great journey through life. And that's kind of what I do with people who come to see me. They come to see me with very specific issues, whether you know I can't sleep, uh, I keep getting into accidents. I am I'm having a lot of grief, anger, sadness, uh, you know, s scarcity, whatever it may be. My job as a shaman and using energy medicine and my tools is to help my clients realize that what they thought was the issue was really maybe the warning sign that something's not working. There's something not in balance in your life, and then I can help help my clients using my tools like my stones and a rattle to clear the buildup of heavy energy in the system that has accumulated while they've experienced these issues so that they're at a state where they can look at their life and go oh that's what would was you know needing to come into balance i'll give you an, an example i recently saw a client who came to me for help with stress, um, some PTSD, uh, and to help clear that. And it was through the session of me entering this altered state of perception that I realized that these issues weren't actually what needed to be worked on. They were symptoms of a wound that was much deeper, a wound that was keeping her from connecting in, with the people around her. Um, her sacral sh chakra was wildly unbalanced. Um, and in our session, I helped to bring the chakra back into balance. 
and to clear all of this buildup. And then after the session, she went home and was feeling great and beautiful. Uh, and then a couple days later, life kind of exploded. And it exploded in a way that perfectly mirrored that deep wound that needed to be addressed. And she, in that moment, became her own healer because she was able to look at this situation for what it was and to not react the old way she used to and just observe and be present for the universe showing her what was clearing from her. And after that experience, she has felt a complete shift, like everything has fallen into place. And so in that moment, I reminded her that you were your own healer in that moment. The shaman, myself, we hold space for people that are wanting to clear and wanting to bring change into their life. We don't know the answers. We don't know the path. We can hold space for you and help you clear, but it's ultimately up to you to chart that path forward for yourself. And it's so powerful to see clients and the people I work with take on that responsibility because I can't do it for you. I can't do the work for you. Um, and so I love seeing that. So if you are ever interested in working with a shaman, a healer, definitely connect with somebody who is willing to say, I don't know, or I don't know what should be done, but I can hold space for you to get there yourself because I, those are the most powerful experiences. I also get asked a lot if anyone can become a shaman and that's kind of a complicated answer because I believe, and this is probably my own judgment, but I believe that the cultural teachings that are being passed down should be honored and you should try and learn them from as directly from the source as you can so that they're not watered down or filtered and I realize that's not available for most people and it's a privilege to be able to learn directly from these healers but beyond that becoming a shaman is not about learning the tools learning how to do the extractions or the illuminations or the soul retrievals those are all just nice tools to have in a tool bag the real power of a shaman comes from them doing their own work my teachers marvin shannon always said that your clients and the people you work with will always 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 reflect back to you your own work your own wounds that's why your clients are attracted to you that's why they come to you because you have a piece of them that they like and if you're not careful you'll end up viewing your client as your own wounded self and then you'll you know be very very attached to them getting better because you see yourself hopefully getting better so training in shamanism is a lot about personal healing and empowerment so that when you look out into the world you don't see yourself ref reflected back at you in every person you meet every engagement you have 
Um, I think that is a really important part. And it doesn't matter who you're learning from, what kind of traditions you're learning from, uh, if you can really do the work on yourself, you're going to show up in the world and be exactly who you need to be for the people that need you in that moment. So I would definitely focus on that. As I said too in my last episode, there are also instances where people are chosen to be shamans, either from their community or from spirit. Many people in Peru are struck by lightning because they live so high up and it's seen as being marked and chosen to become a shaman. Others have near-death experiences and it's their, and in that near-death experience they get to touch that spirit world and they start to live with one foot here, one, one foot there, which makes them really adept at traveling and working with spirit. So if you're feeling the call, make it known to yourself, to the universe that you're ready to do the actual work. And you'll notice people will start coming into your life and experiences and opportunities that will lead you towards your training or your initiation. So be open and be ready to be honest with your life because it is, a, it is tough facing your fears and facing your wounds, but it makes you so much stronger. And yeah, I've really enjoyed sharing a little bit about shamanism and what it is, what I do, and kind of demystifying the work, although I'm, you're probably left after this with even more questions. <laughs> and I totally understand that. And I actually, I invite you to reach out to me either on Instagram at Garrett McCoy or via email on my website and send me your questions. Um, I can definitely do a Q&A episode uh, soon where I can answer your very specific questions. I'd love to do that. In the meantime, make sure to like this podcast, leave any reviews on depending on which platform you are listening from. Um, I look forward to speaking with you next week. And I'm going to leave you with the reminder that you are exactly where you need to be. Have a good one.